You're listening to The Contract Playbook, your on-the-go resource for tackling contracts in your online creator business. I'm your host, attorney Casey Handy-Smith. Let's get into it. Hey, hey, welcome in to this week's episode of The Contract Playbook. With this being kind of the first official episode of the podcast, I want to start things off by just really laying the foundation when it comes to contracts. Because one of the most common things that I hear from clients and customers and just creators in general in the online space is that contracts are complicated or they can feel impossible to understand. And I totally get it, right? Yes, I am a lawyer and I've specialized in working with creators, specifically with contracts for almost a decade now. But when you do see contracts that have all of this big language and words you've never seen before, or it's just written in a way that's not really conducive for the average person or business owner to understand, I totally get feeling overwhelmed and confused by contracts. Heck, even to this day, I'll get a contract sometimes and I'll see something and I'm like, what the heck is this, right? Like who wrote this? Who raised you lawyers, right? What is going on with this contract? So I totally, you know, understand that kind of idea or that feeling. And so in this first official episode, I want to, again, start to lay the foundation to help you really simplify contracts in your online business and with your brand, you know, whether you're using contracts in your business, you know, internally, or you're receiving a lot of third-party contracts that you're reviewing all the time, and you're just trying to figure out how can I simplify this and navigate this so that it doesn't feel so overwhelming every single time I'm dealing with contracts in my business. And so in this episode, I want to look at the most basic aspect of a contract, what actually makes a contract legally enforceable, and then looking at the key terms that should be in every contract. Now, before you turn this episode off, because you're like, hey, this is about to be a total snooze fest. (laughs) I promise that I will try my best not to put you to sleep here. But I do think it's extremely important that you have this foundational understanding before we get into some of the other topics here on the podcast. And you can always kind of go back and reference this episode to help you with the foundational components of a contract. And there is a fun resource that I'll be sharing with you as well if you are a bit more visual. Like I'm I'm a very visual learner, and so it's extremely helpful for me when I can see things in writing and have a resource that I can actually utilize as opposed to, you know, hearing something like this and trying to jot down a million notes. So if you are that person, do not worry. I am going to share a resource with you that you can download straight from the show notes. And so, yeah, let's get into it. So what makes a contract legally enforceable? So there are really four essential elements of what makes a contract enforceable. They are offer, acceptance, consideration, and mutual assent. Now, we're not gonna go into, you know, what all these things mean necessarily from a legal law school standpoint, right? Not textbook definitions, but essentially an offer is just, you know, I have a service to provide for you. I'm going to offer you my services. You 
accept that offer to work with me. We exchange some sort of consideration, typically money, to solidify that relationship. And we are both on the same page. So we have mutual understanding and assent. We're both on the same page as to what we are going into contract about and the fact that we both want to go into this contract. So as long as you have those elements in place, you have a legal contract. Now, let me say that because you have these elements, that does mean that it is possible to have verbal contracts be legally enforceable. People ask that question often, you know, can it be enforceable if it's oral or it's not written? Yes, as long as it has those elements, it can be legally enforceable. But, and I cannot emphasize this enough, written is always going to be best because no one wants to have to go back later and figure out who meant what, who said what, or going through different email threads to figure out, you know, what the actual relationship is supposed to be. And so you always want to have a written contract in place that memorializes everything in that relationship, everything that's ever been discussed needs to be in that one document. Because if something does happen down the road, you know, God forbid, but things do happen in business relationships all the time, it's so much easier to have this one centralized document that you can go back to and say, this is what we meant and this is what we agreed to, as opposed to, you know, again, having to go through tons of emails or DMs and all of that fun stuff. So written is always going to be best. Now, a couple of additional points when it comes to, you know, making a contract legally enforceable or what makes a contract legally enforceable. It's also important to know that you have to be of legal competence to go into a contract, meaning, you know, you can't go into a contract with minors or someone who is mentally, you know, incapacitated or unable uh, to make certain decisions. And so there has to be the legal competence there and there has to be a legal purpose. So you can't go into a contract to do something illegal. So that will actually make the contracts unenforceable if you're doing it for any legal purpose. So that's just a general overview of, hey, what makes a contract legally enforceable, right? Pretty simple, pretty straightforward, which may be, you know, why you have been kind of, or, you know, I, I see a lot of people who are kind of like, well, I just kind of, you know, do whatever with contracts and hope for the best because, you know, hey, if it's, you know, got something in writing, then I'm doing pretty good. So yes, you want to have something in writing, um, but it is important that whatever you have in writing actually has key terms that need to be included in every contract. So no matter what type of agreement that you're going into, there are certain legal clauses and language that needs to be included in that contract to make sure that you're actually legally protected. Because another kind of caveat to, okay, we don't just want oral or verbal. You want to get it in writing, but you also want to make sure that the written contract that you have actually protects you because having a contract that is poorly written or doesn't include the key terms that you need to have in it is useless. Like you might as well just rely on an email. Sometimes having a poorly written contract can almost be worse than having no contract at all because now we're looking at this document that doesn't make a whole lot of sense and we're trying to get some understanding or make some sense of it. And so it is important um, that going beyond just having a written contract of some sort, that it actually includes key terms that should be found in every single contract. And so in looking at those key terms, I always like to kind of break this down into two categories. Um, you look kind of at 
what we call technical terms, which are terms that explain the details of the relationship. So these are terms that you as a business owner are going to be the absolute best person to um, edit and to put into your contracts because you know and you understand the details of that specific relationship. And then the second category are legal terms. So these are the terms that actually balance the risk in that relationship, right? Because every relationship that you go into, there's gonna be some some risk involved. And so the legal terms protect you in that regard. So again, I, I like to look at those as two different categories when you're thinking about key contract terms. Technical terms, again, it's really just the details of the relationship. And then your legal terms are the terms that are actually balancing the risk in that relationship. So when it comes to the technical terms that should be in every contract, no matter what type of contract it is, is you want to make sure that you have your proper party names and the address of each party. And quick little side note here, as a business owner, you want to make sure you're always going into contracts as your actual business. If you have set your business up as an LLC or some other type of entity to protect your personal assets from things that are going on in the business, make sure you're actually using that. This is one of the most common mistakes that I see entrepreneurs make. They have an LLC, they have a formal business entity, but then they're signing contracts in their personal name or personal capacity. And doing that, it just puts you at risk of if something were to happen, you're now still going to be personally liable, even though you have a business, but you're not using it, right? So make sure that with your proper party names, that your actual business is listed as a party and not you as an individual um, business owner or even as a creator. So I know that gets a little bit trickier in the creator space, especially if you're doing like influencer brand deals where a brand wants to make sure that they're working with you specifically, but you still want to make sure that you have the contract in your business name and that you have your name, you know, included as a creator, that you're a part of this agreement, but the contract is actually with your business and your company. Okay, so that was a little bit longer of a side note than I planned, but that's the first technical term proper party names and addresses. The second thing is a clear description of deliverable services, whatever uh, the relationship is in this contract, making sure you have a clear description of that, um, as well as roles and responsibilities. So whatever the roles and responsibilities are for the contract, making sure that's clearly stated and outlined. And then you also have things like timeline for completion and then, of course, compensation. So however, you know, you're getting paid, again, remember contracts, you need some sort of consideration uh, to make it legally enforceable. And typically that's going to be money. So making sure you're very clear on how much is going to be paid, who's going to pay taxes and things like that. Now, when it comes to the legal terms, the general legal terms that you need to have in every contract, first and foremost, intellectual property. So that's going to be a really big one, especially in this space. As an online creator, an online entrepreneur, the asset that you are developing most more than anything is your IP. You really make money from your intellectual property. And I won't go into a lot about, you know, different types of IP and things like that in this particular episode. I'll probably do something like that a bit later on just so that you kind of have a, a clearer, better understanding of that. But as an online creator, intellectual property is 
the asset that you are creating and that you're selling and it's how you make money. So you have to have an intellectual property term in your contracts. Another important legal term to have is confidentiality. You know, that one's pretty self-explanatory, right? You don't want the terms of the of the relationship, you know, being broadcast everywhere. Uh, and you don't want, don't want certain aspects of your business being broadcast everywhere. So confidentiality is extremely important. Um, indemnification. So this is one, and I won't... Again, I don't want to like overwhelm here uh, because the point is to help simplify this process. But indemnification really deals with some sort of harm or loss. So being compensated for a harm or loss. And it's typically referring, excuse me, to a third party harm or loss. So the most common example in the online space would be something like copyright infringement. So say you are an influencer and you are going into a brand deal with a brand and they have an indemnification clause, there will typically be language in that clause to protect them in the event that some of the content you create for the partnership is not yours, right? So in the contract, they want to make sure that anything you're creating for this partnership, you actually own. It's original content that you've created. You own it. You are affirming that uh, in the contract itself. And in the event that there is some portion of content, maybe it's music or it's something else you've put with your content, an image or a video that you haven't gotten the proper clearance for, the brand wants to make sure that they're protected in the event that that third party comes up and they're like, hey, like that's my music. Like they didn't you know, they didn't credit me, they didn't pay me, like what's going on here? So the brand wants to make sure that you as a creator are going to be legally responsible for that um, and not and not them, right? So that's just a kind of the most simple example I can think of um, when it comes to indemnification. Now, another really important clause, a legal term to have in your contracts is termination, right? So you always need some sort of out in your contracts. You want to uh, make sure that it's very clear on how this contract may terminate, when it can terminate. So that's going to be extremely important. Another important clause uh, that every contract should have is dispute resolution. So Excuse me. I know this one is not often talked about as much. It's kind of one of those, you know, thrown towards the end of a contract of like, yeah, if something happens, you know, in the in the rare scenario something happens, here's, you know, dispute uh, resolution. But it's not so rare, right, that stuff happens. So you want to be paying attention to this. And with dispute resolution, there are a few different ways that you can actually resolve a dispute. The most common is to go to court, but there there are other alternatives like arbitration and mediation as different options for you to re- resolve um, resolve a dispute. And in the online space, it's something you actually have to think about uh, even more uniquely from the standpoint that you likely are working, not likely, you are working with customers and clients who are not always located in your state or where you are located. So, you know, if something happens, it's not going to be as easy to just haul them into court in, you know, Ohio or wherever it is that you're located, right? If they're all the way in Florida. Uh, So those are some things I kind of keep in mind with dispute resolution. And then the last kind of segment of legal terms are what 
you know, in the lawyer space, we call like standard closing clauses. So these are things like, you know, where's the contract going to be enforceable? Typically, that'll be in your state where your business is located. Um, If there are any modifications of the contract, you know, those things need to be in writing. Notices, if there are notices that have to be sent out, you know, where will those notices be sent? Typically to the address that you have included in your contract, which is why it's important to make sure you have that address included. Now, I know that was probably kind of a lot if you're just listening, especially if you're like, you know, driving, you're on a commute or you're working out or something like that. And so it can be a little bit to internalize just listening to this. And so I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that I do have a resource that I want to share with you all. I have a contracts basic training. It has a quick video that really breaks down what these different clauses mean. But the most helpful thing um, for you is really the checklist. So There's a standard checklist that you can go and grab and it'll have all of these different terms so that when you are, you know, revisiting your contracts. So say maybe, you know, you are in a in the process of updating contracts in your business or maybe you've received a third party contract and you just want to make sure that it has everything it needs to have. This checklist is really going to help you in navigating that process. And so I'll have that linked up in the show notes for you so that you can get access to that free training and grab that checklist and really helping you starting to navigate contracts in your business. So that's it for today's episode. I know it's not the sexiest of episodes or even the sexiest of topics, but you knew that going into this podcast, right? You knew this podcast was about contracts. And so it's not going to always be sexy. It's not going to always be fun. We will have episodes where we are talking to other entrepreneurs and we are getting into some of the juicy stuff of what happens when things go wrong in contracts. But I, again, again, I wanted to really have this kind of first official, non-official episode um start to lay that foundation of what you know contracts actually are and what terms you need to be looking out for in your agreements so that you are legally protected so that your intellectual property is protected your expertise is protected the things you're creating in this online space is safe and sound with solid contracts so i hope that this has been helpful for you if it has been please share the podcast with a friend Spread the love, spread the knowledge, share it with a friend, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can be notified of when we release new episodes every week. So again, I hope this was helpful. I'll have that link in the show notes for the free training and the checklist, and I'll talk to you in the next episode of The Contract Playbook. Thanks for listening. 